0: Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today, I have with me a very special guest. Her name is Hope. Hope has a message that will give other people hope, I hope. So, Hope, could you please tell the audience about yourself and why you're here today?
1: Absolutely. My name is Hope Brieger. I'm in Ohio, and I live um, with my husband, Mike. And we have uh, two sons, uh, Brian, as 31, and Justin is forever 19. I have two grandbabies that I adore more than anything in the whole world. They're nine and six. And then I work for a financial institution and have for about 25 years now as a talent coordinator. Okay, okay.
0: Now, um, you have a program that you are offering people. It is a grief peer support group. Um, could you explain to us what led you to do this?
1: Absolutely. My story starts a little over four years ago. Um November sixteenth, uh, I received a knock at the door, and um, I opened the door at six thirty in the morning uh, to two police officers. And at the time, as a mother, um, it never dawned on me this was going to be bad news. I knew that I had a 19-year-old boy who was fearless, and then my first thought was, "What has this child done? And why are the cops at my place? Right? Like, you know, what trouble has he gotten into?" And they asked me um, if I was Justin's mom, and I said yes. And and again, it didn't dawn on me that they were going to relay anything horrible or horrific. And Um, they just handed me a piece of paper and said, you know, this person's trying to get a hold of you. Um, they want to reach out to you and to call them as soon as possible. And so I said, okay, you didn't know what it was about. And they said, they didn't know what it was about. So I closed the door and I went upstairs and I was thinking, gosh, that's weird. Right. And I was thinking if it was something horrible, they would have told me right then and there. And um, so I dialed the phone number and the person on the other line said, Green County corner. And that 10 seconds or that five seconds or that three seconds right then and there, my whole world changed. It changed from the moment um, those words I, I, that I was not expecting. Um, I, I was com- in complete shock, as you can imagine. And I always tell everybody there's that before hope, that before that phone call hope and there's that after phone call hope and um he went on to tell me that justin had uh, he was living with a roommate at the time there's two roommates two gentlemen that he lived with and they got into the two of them justin and the other Uh, roommate got into a physical altercation. It first started verbal, and then it became a physical altercation where, um, you know, punches were thrown, and it it got way too far. Justin uh, did not hold any kind of concealed weapons or had any knives or bats or any kind of weapons whatsoever, but the other gentleman had a gun. Um, He, Justin, had him against the wall, from what I understand, and was they were punching throwing punches back and forth and the gentleman pulled a gun and shot Justin in the chest and he was instantly killed. So when I received that information from the corner as you can imagine I was in shock. So from that point it was around Christmas time so you just sort of it was Thanksgiving it was November it was Thanksgiving it was Christmas and we uh, just got through the holidays. I don't even remember the holidays. Um, and then in the early part of January and February, I was reaching out for any help. I didn't know where to go. Nobody in my life had really ever passed, you know, besides, you know, grandma who had a long life. And um, so I never had dealt with any kind of tragedy or, or any kind of thing. And this is, you know, my life. It's, he's my son. And, um, Work um, had given me some opportunities for counseling and things like that. So I reached out to a Christian-based um, grief group that had taught me some amazing things. I didn't grow up in the church. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, we knew about God, right? Um, but that was about, we didn't attend Sunday service or anything like that. And um, so I was like a fish out of water in this grief group. But they were so kind and so compassionate to show me and tell me things about God. And but I was damn angry, right? I did, I was not happy with God whatsoever. Um, I was so mad. He took my son, right? And you know, we were good people. We're, you know, we're nice people, <laughs> you know, we don't do anything horrible or ter- but you know, terrible. But he took Justin and I couldn't get it, I couldn't understand. And so they guided me through some of the, um, you know, some of the word and and I kept thinking, there's gotta be a reason. There's gotta be a purpose that I'm going through this. And I told everybody in that grief group, um, which was more educational um, versus sort of like the uh, groups where we sit and have support, like talking. um, And I felt like that was more beneficial to me. But anyways, on the way home, um, from that grief group, I just said, God, what, what is this? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you putting me through hell? Um, you know, why did you take my son? Why, you know, what is my purpose? And as sure as we're talking here, or on the radio or something, I heard, just be kind. And I thought to myself, what the heck does that mean? Right. (laughs) Um, That's my purpose. You just want me to be kind. I can be kind. I know how to be kind, you know, and and so I volunteered and and I paid it forward and and a great story I I told, uh, I've told is um, I've had somebody behind me, you know, you pay it forward and you pay for somebody behind you. And I was so nervous. The first time I did it, I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was just a little coffee shop. But we were in the drive through and I knew I could make a beeline out the drive through. And um, so I look up and I tell the person, um, the cashier that I want to pay for the person behind me. And his name tag read Justin, which is my son. Oh,
0: yes, yes.
1: So uh, chills, I'm crying. This guy's probably like, lady, get out of the way, <laughs> you know. So um, that was my first experience of being kind and volunteering and, and going through all that, which led me to uh, last year with COVID. Um, And and I knew I wanted to write a book or, you know, do speaking or something. And and as I've learned over the years of how to handle my grief and how to deal with grief, I knew that I wanted to help, but I didn't know how. And so last June, um, when COVID hit, and COVID was death in numbers every single day. That's what we're seeing. Every single day on TV is this death toll or that death toll, or, you know, and I was like, this is horrible. And I, and this adds a whole nother layer of grief on top of the grief. So I wanted to start something which I thought was, um, would be beneficial and helpful and my purpose. And so I began grief to hope, which is a virtual grief, grief peer group that I started.
0: Okay. Now uh, outside of this tragedy, it seems like you feel uh, a, a great bit of positivity through the church, uh, through the group. Um, so you got this positivity and it's, it's inside you and you're having good days with it. But what about those bad days? Even though you got this good stretch, cause we always tell the story of, Oh, I, I picked everything back up, but we never tell a story about the time that we dropped a few things that we picked back up. So how did you take care of yourself after you had gotten this positivity, and you kind of got a little low here and there? How did you do absolutely. that?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, grief is—I describe grief as a heartbeat monitor. You have those high peaks and low peaks, and then you have sort of a law where you know it's everyday kind of thing, um, and they still happen. And it's um, as the years progress on, um, I I have that law a little bit longer. Um, But anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas, um, when songs come on, uh, smells. And for whatever reason, uh, whenever I see somebody walking, I don't know why, because Justin never walked anywhere a day in his life. (laughs) But whenever I see anybody walking, I feel like it's Justin, or it reminds me of Justin. And when I deal with that, The best way that I can describe it is um, I know today's today, but I know tomorrow is going to be different and whatever I make of it. And if it's another hard day, then I know the next day is going to be better. And so you just have to keep believing and trusting that you know that you're going to get moving through it. Like I always say, keep living strong, just keep moving forward. And that's all baby steps, baby
0: steps. Okay. Now, after your son's uh, passing and all this stuff, how did you build up these qualities that you probably had inside yourself before? Like, how did you build them up? Because I understand you, you, like I said, we we went through the whole formality of that. You went to the church support group and it helped you out. But how did you build up these qualities? Because I I always bring it back to sports, because that's the best way you can relate emotional things. You know, certain athletes become certain type of people because of certain circumstances. So inside the circumstance, we won't call it a circumstance, we'll just call it what it is, a tragedy. How did you get some of these new qualities that you may have had or may not have had?
1: So as I told you, there's the before the call and after the call, but um, the before the call, I was always positive, happy, sunshine, roses, rainbows. Um, For the most part, um, I always had this positive outlook on life and um, always like very, very determined to make things great, right? Very determined to no matter what circumstance, um, you know, happens that I can turn it around. And when this happened, I was like, whoa, I can't turn this around. Like, I cannot fix this. And as a planner and and a person that just wants everything to be happy and joyous all the time, this was a slap in my face. This was like, here you go, Hope. See if you can figure this out. And as it's taken me a long time. But one thing that I've always thought of is I lost Justin, Right. I didn't want to lose hope. I didn't want to lose hope in me on top of who I was. So I knew I'd never be the same hope again, but I wanted to be better than that person because now I had a reason to live. Now I had that purpose. And by gosh, honoring my son every single day um, by saying his name and doing this work is amazing and it's even better than the hope was before
0: okay so um a good way to say it is that at one point you were two-dimensional that's a flat plane and now you become three-dimensional and you stepped a step further and you went to the fourth dimension where you're interacting more with that 3d form that you've taken on so so i, I definitely I can go and get with that now let's get that. let's get down to this grief to hope your program Explain to us. We know how how it got its start, and I apologize about how it started. But you're carrying on your son Justin's name with grief to hope. Um, what's the first day like inside your program?
1: So it's a really, really cool program. Um, it's uh, if I do say so myself, um, I created something that I wanted to for anybody to come and be authentic, right? Um so it's a 7 week program we meet once a week for an hour via Zoom it's virtual um you can come you can hang on the phone you don't have to say a word you can just sit there and listen and what i do is i start out with um my story the first week we do is an introduction about me and my story and what i'm doing and why i'm doing it and then i try to introduce anybody that wants to be introduced and tell their story and then i have main topics So each week after that, for the seven weeks, we have main topics that we talk about. For example, and I spell out the word grief, um, is G would be gift of time. So our first week after the introduction is called gift of time. And it talks about, you know, how we're rushed when we are in grief or how people expect us to be the same person um, two weeks after it happens or uh, two years after it happens and, and people don't understand how grief works and the eaves and the flows. And, and so we try to talk about that. We talk about um, just anything that revolves around time and like how time is a gift sometimes, um, you know, like I've been in it for four and a half years, but a lot of people may have only just begun in their journey, like six months, three months. Uh, we have all different levels of people that come in and where they're at and their grief And we just share and we're honest and it's raw conversation between the group. And it's basically you can sort of relax your shoulders and be comfortable and say whatever's on your mind. And a lot of times it's about just knowing that they totally get what you're going through and that's the biggest thing right like i want to know that you know exactly what i feel when i say somebody asked me how how many kids i have to the normal person that's never been through grief or had a child loss that is a very simple question but when you ask somebody that's grieving a, a a son or daughter and you ask them how many children they have there's like a million thoughts that go through our like, Well, should I say one? Or if I say two, am I going to be hurting the other two? If I say three, am I, you know, it's, it's so hard. But that's the kind of stuff we talk about is like what, um, you know, how to approach these kind of things and how to tell people. So the rest of the program spells out grief. We have receive help and inspire. And then we do a tribute. Uh, we talk about expectations. And then the last one is to hope. And so our last seven weeks uh, or the last week of the seven is we talk about moving forward. How are you going to move forward? What's your next step? And a lot of times that next step is I just want to go to the grave and like actually go to the grave, right? Like I don't want to sit in my car. I just want to go to the grave. So we're talking, it may not be write a book and create grief to hope. It it may be, I want to listen to this song, right? And not cry. Or I want to... um, go up and go through his things or or you know just where you go and then we take a break for a couple weeks and then we come back and a lot of people repeat it I have a lot of people that come (laughs) back because it's always different right
0: yes it is it sounds like it is so let me ask you this real quick Uh, one thing that we like to do is plug on social media where they can meet you and greet and then become part of this group so where can they find you
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm Hope Rieger on Facebook, and then I have Grief to Hope. It's the number two. Hope is on Facebook, as well as Instagram and then um, and LinkedIn. And then we have our website is www.grief, the number two, hope support.com. And in that website, you can actually click on to send me an email. If you just want to know about me and my story, or if you have any questions with Grief Jehovah whatsoever, feel free to link that.
0: Okay. I'm definitely going to pick you up here on LinkedIn while we're talking about it. I just, did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, um, so inside these, these focus groups, and this is one thing I've always wanted, or we'll call it a support group. I call it a focus group. No, you're it, fine. It's, it's kind of a set of, of both. Um, how do you contain all that raw emotion? Because, you know, I'll give an example. I had a tragedy happen to me less than two years ago and it was one of those things where it it was one of those make or break. It was actually uh, to a degree a spouse. So, so, you know, something like that, you either have to develop a a coping mechanism, could be the podcasting or, (laughs) you know, or, or, you know, or you have certain support that helps you get through things and you come out a different person like you have. So how do you handle all these raw emotions inside this group that you get from people? Because some people, like me, I was very, I wanted to be by myself. I didn't want a lot of people around. It was certain people I'm glad that wrapped their arms around me, but it was just certain people I just, because of their vibe, I could just feel that it, it wasn't, they weren't right for me at the moment. So please stay away. So how do you handle all that, you know, inside this group? I think that's an awesome question.
1: Um, it's it's hard because um, a lot of times when we're, what grief to hope is, is a, there's a lot of tragedy. Uh, we have somebody that lost a son and then six months later lost his daughter. In a horrific, like, you know, it's just unimaginable what these people go through. And what I try to do is just listen. That's all, they just want to be heard. Tears, of course, are going to be there. Um, thoughts and emotions are going to be there. And everybody sort of, it's its so amazing because it sort of becomes a family. And we talk as a family. And, you know, when other people are talking and you feel like you want to help them and fix it, when you're grieving, you know that doesn't work. You can't fix it. I can't fix what they're going through. All I can do is be there to listen and to offer support and to say, you know what, I experienced that exact same thing, or you know, another person is going through this. Like you said, like with suicide, there's 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 so many different waves and flows, and and with every death, I say is equal. Like people come on my come on my my uh, my group, and they're like, you know, my my mom died but that's sort of the circle of life kind of thing. And your son died, that's way worse, right? And I try to let them know, absolutely, every single death counts, every single grief counts, and there's no levels of importance or severity. Your mom means just as much as my son. Is it the different kind of level? Yes, there's different levels, but there's not different- um, Severities. Severities. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's, you know, like I said, like COVID having a COVID death, it puts a different level on things, and not being able to be there at the hospital if they pass or not being able to have a service and that puts a whole nother level on things.
0: Okay. Now, um, you got this group going, you've ran a few that have been truly successful. Um, what would you tell a person right now that's on the fence about coming to your group. And I'm gonna give you the example of on the fence. On the fence to some people will be like, oh, I wanna do this. I may not want to do this. But we know inside tragedy and even me, I'm a, I'm a very hardened person. I I am I am so technical that I have specific people that I know that can handle certain parts of my emotional load. So I don't know if I would actually come to, not saying you're a stranger, but would come to someone that's a stranger and give them this emotional load because I don't know if they're going to be able to handle it because, <laughs> I'm, like I said, we're not talking about the severity of what happened in any of these, but the actual emotional turmoil that you have with it. So how would someone that's on the fence um, be comfortable with coming to you?
1: Absolutely, I, I love that question too. Um, everybody has a story to tell. And as a pod, you know, a podcast uh, host. I guess,
0: yes. Yeah,
1: podcast host, you know that everybody has a story to tell that's gonna touch somebody. So that's what I tell everybody that is on the fence to coming is saying, you know what? One, you can come and just listen. You don't have to come and share. Um, and, and we had somebody that listened for seven weeks and then that following next series came and talked, she felt comfortable talking. And so we were like, yeah, you know, we were so excited because that was a big step for her. And so if, if you just wanna come and listen and then get comfortable with it, that's probably the biggest biggest uh, way to sort of let yourself you know your your guard down but also to know that your story no matter what that story is can touch any person at any time you never know who needs to hear your story so even though you may not be over um you know that you know that ease of, you know those flows and, and that heartbeat monitor of grief and you may be on a down that day I encourage you to be on the phone because you never know what story you're gonna hear right so that's really where it is it's just you know share your story or listen to somebody's story
0: okay and that's a good selling point to get people involved now we're gonna flip this over a little bit um i pay homage to 2020 everybody knows if you listen to the show um some people like don uh, like uh john stossel because he's a comedian i always like diane sawyer and barbara walters diane sawyer had a certain way she interviewed Barbara Walters hit you with hard-hitting questions that you're never prepared for, but at the end of it, it justified who you are. So here we go real quick. We're going, like I said, John Stossel, he's out of the picture because we don't need the com- comedic stuff because <laughs> we've already had a good laugh here or there before we even got on air. Um, so here's Diane Sawyer' question for you. And this is just one thing. You've gotten self-care out of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a way, it's a way for you to heal. While helping others heal. Absolutely. Okay. Now, what is a major factor that drives you to continuously do this? Because some people would do this for a little bit of time, okay? And they would continuously bridge off and do it a little bit more here and there. But eventually you get to a point where your self-care is kind of, you know, taken care of to a degree. The grief is not, but your actual personal self-care. So what drives you to continuously do this? Um, My
1: son, honoring my son. There couldn't be any, but I have the biggest fan right now in, in heaven. And, um, he's telling me, you know, go, or he's saying quit embarrassing me one or the other. Um, but he's he's telling me just do it, just spread it. And, and, and God's telling me this is my purpose. And I really feel that way. I really uh, feel like it is my purpose. And I've always said grief to hope is bigger than me. It's way bigger than me and I have to earn it every single day and I have to earn being out there and being in everyone's, um, you know, social media posts and try to say, you know, pick me, come with me, you know, let's just hang out. Let's just, you know, this is so much easier together. Right. And, um, that's what drives me every day. I mean, it has to be, and, and getting to say his name so many times a week is pretty
0: awesome too. (laughs) <laughs> and that way it reaffirms our, okay. Now here comes a Barbara Walters question. <laughs> okay. All right. So at the end of the day, we're all influencers and we're all helping everybody in the world. And even when you help someone through a group, you help yourself at a certain point. But when, when is it, when it has it become a hard period for you to help others? Cause we all can do it. Our cup running full for so long and then it gets halfway empty. So yeah. when it gets down there to its it's below half empty, how do you rebuild that? How do you stay focused on hope and get hope to have all this energy to give everyone else hope? <laughs>
1: um, I love it. Um, I stay working out, not that it's fun. Um, and running is not fun. Um, but when I'm running, I listen to motivational speakers. I do a lot of that. I listen to, um, uh, one of the quotes I hear is, um, you know, you have two dates with a dash, what's your dash going to mean? And I love that. And I'm like, what's my dash going to mean? And um, it motivates me. Um, absolutely. There's times where um, I feel like I'm not being successful or, or things didn't turn out the way that they I thought they would, or, you know, I'm struggling. Um, and so I just, I really, really believe that if you work your butt off and you believe in what you're doing, um, and you believe that you add value to others, that you can keep going, and you you, I don't want to let my son down, but I don't want to let myself down either because I think it's just a passion and a purpose. See, I'm lucky enough that you know it's like the gold medal, right? So, like you were talking about sports, like you have that goal out there and. I know grief to hope is way bigger than me. And like I said, and I have to earn it. And so you just keep pushing, man. You just keep pushing till um, you you hit that mark and then you set another mark to hit. And that's what I always have done my whole entire life. It's like, okay, I made it here, but I need to push a little bit more. So, yeah.
0: Now, Hope, I always give everybody a testimonial about who they are and what they do. And these are compliments, um, no negativity in it, because we don't. We live in a world of positivity right now, because we're we went through one of the negative period, most negative periods in our lifetime. Um, yeah. So, so here's the thing: you have a virtual group, peer support group, that you are helping people, in light of the fact that you have a a really, really, like you said, you're not putting severity on the tragedies, but to lose a child, I, I, I have a son, so I don't even. Like, my heart goes out to you. Um, but here's the thing that I want to say. You are doing the world a blessing. There's so many people, and I am one of these people, that that you could have just got cold. You could have walked away. You could have just said, I'm not going to be one with the world. I'm going to wait till I'm better and come back, and I'm just going to still be about me. I'm not going to spread a message that I interpreted <laughs> somewhere. But you found a message, you interpreted it. It was the, to be kind. And you're doing that. So I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for the fact that you have the tenacity, you have the strength to go beyond yourself. Not saying you probably didn't do that before, but you even stated earlier that there was an after the after you is now the better you. Um, Not everybody gets to experience the better side of themselves. We all, some people just stay stagnant all their lives and don't have things that change them and mold them a certain way. So take that with more than just a grain of salt. Take that with like your heart as big as it is and and let that be the thing that you use to keep driving you to do what you do. Because like I said, there's a lot of people that will not do what you do. There are a lot of people that will be like me. They will be selfish. They will take their, their stuff and go about their business and try to figure out what they need to do until they get better. And if you, and and, and if I had had your group one, (laughs) one, I probably would have came out of my run a whole lot faster. So. So once again, I want to thank you for what you do. Um, I'd like you to let the audience know where they can reach you again. And then I'd like you to give a nice shout out to the people that have helped you along the way. Because everything's like Legos. We have to keep building and building. We never stop with these Legos. And, you know, <coughs> between all of us, you know, there's some part that, you know, we do we do most of it, but we have other people in the background. So could you uh, give them a shout out?
1: Absolutely. So, um, my husband is amazing and bless his heart has been on every single episode, uh, listening in and after tells me how great I am, <laughs> <laughs> even though I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Um, my husband is my world and I love him so much and he's just incredible. And then my friends, um, are my biggest supporters and they push me and I always tell them, you know, that I couldn't do it without friends and their encouragement each and every day. And then of course, (coughs) excuse me, my son, um, both of them are my light and they keep me going each and every day. So,
0: okay. Well, I want to thank you for being on West Virginia on commonplace. One last thing that we do need to do, please plug your social media so everyone can know where to find you. And At the end of this, when this episode is published and out and released, there will be inside the show notes all types of information so that you can get in touch with Hope. You can get over to our website. You can get over to our Facebook. Um, So I will let her let you know once again where you can find her. I am
1: Hope Rigger at Facebook and then Grief, the number two, Hope on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram. I'm really trying. I'm, you know, I'm not very hip, but I'm really trying (laughs) with Instagram (laughs) and then um, Grief to Hope as well. And then the website, please, 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 uh, you can utilize the website. We're going to have some newsletters coming out um, until we start the series in September and that's www grief, the number two, hopesupport.com.
0: All right. And the most important thing, when does the next group actually start?
1: Thank you for asking. September 9th, 2021. So here soon.
0: All right. So everybody, if you need to get in touch with her throughout the summer, make sure you reach out to her at the numerous places that she said. And once again, this is West Virginia Uncommonplace and I am signing off.